As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Yes, we are starting late again today, but not as late as Robert Sala's press conference, (laughs) and that is mostly what we are going to talk about on this episode of the Can't Wait Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Tim McMaster here, along with the Athletics Jets reporter, Zach Rosenblatt, and our producer, Marissa Dunn. Plenty to get to. Salah's press conference, The everything that's coming out of that as far as Zach Wilson goes. We'll also go back to Zach Wilson's performance on Sunday, of course. Talk a little bit about how good the defense on this team actually is. We'll throw in a Twitter poll and all of that. It's going to be a, a fun show to get things going. And I'll start by saying this. We've, we've done this throughout the season where like, if the Jets lose, sometimes we'll wait until Tuesday to record the show rather than tap right in on, on Monday morning. Uh, every time, Zach, every single time we've waited till Tuesday, something big has happened on Monday to make it <laughs> worth it. It's why even like, I feel like even the off season, there would be like a time in the training camp. We would be all right, let's, we can't do it. We have to do it uh, like one day later. And then Mackay Becton will be out for the year or something like that. <laughs> it's like, I feel like we've, we're on like a winning streak of, um, or losing streak, depending on your perspective, I guess. Uh, of stuff happening when we happen to push it back, which is good for us because <laughs> like everything we would have talked about yesterday would be old news by the time people listen to it. So um, yeah, it's uh, another crazy, crazy day, week, time and jets, <laughs> the jet season, jets history, another welcome to the jets beat moment for me. This team is six and four and we're about to talk about how they have like a quarterback competition coming essentially. So it's uh it's wild. I mean, they their defense just held the Patriots to three points and they lost, which is weird enough. All the stuff that happened, but we're going to get to all of it. But um, yeah, can't wait podcast. If we if we skip a day, just expect something major to happen in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if they're six and four or one and nine. Plenty of drama around this team. All right, let's get straight to Sala. And we have a an audio clip to kind of set this up. Go ahead, Marissa. Just been dealing with so many different things right now. The um uh, I'm going to get to the tape and just evaluate everything and, uh, I'll leave it at that. We're keeping everything on the table over the next couple of days. So you're, so you're not committing to Zach as your starter for Sunday? Not right now. Not until I'm done evaluating everything. 
that's the that's the first time you suggested that left it open a little bit, or I think it was about three weeks ago where you said he your starter for the remainder of the season, barring injury, um, was changed. Um, you know, you just you I, I've got to be able to sit back. I think we all got to be able to sit back and just look at what's best for this organization um, and this team. And um, you know, it's uh, it's not all about the quarterback. I want to be very, very clear. It's not all about the quarterback. There's a lot of things that we can do better as coaches. There's a lot of things that uh, the O-line needs to do better, receivers, running backs, tight ends, um, play caller. There's uh, uh, defense, everybody. All right, we're, we're going to get into the fallout, obviously, of those comments. But I want to start here because in the middle of that clip, Zach, there, he says basically we're not committed to Zach Wilson. And there's a long (laughs) pause where you were in the, I I can only imagine. Oh no, you weren't in the room, right? It was, it's Zoom. It was was Zoom. I was sitting in the Philadelphia airport going on (laughs) my second hour. Yeah. But I can only imagine like collectively the beat taking a moment to like figure out is, did he really say what he just said? And then kind of, it goes on from there. It's a common, when stuff like that happens, it's a combo of everybody processing it mentally, everybody tweeting it out. (laughs) <laughs> and and then everybody trying to like you know gather their themselves to come up with like a question to ask and like a, a lot of times you know there's i don't know if it's a fear but it, everybody's always hesitant to be the first one to ask a question i was having trouble with my like muting and unmuting on my thing which i was pretty pissed about <laughs> but um but so often i'll wind up being like the one asking the first question because there's i hate the awkward silence and there's always there'll be an awkward silence in the beginning of a press conference yeah or when everybody's tweeting and stuff like that and i'm pretty good at tweeting fast so i wind up tweeting things first so uh but yeah and that and that it's everybody's pointing it out the pause in the in our chat but yeah th- i think it was a lot of like oh okay this is happening all right what, what do we here's what do we do now and then i think the reporters asked a lot of good follow-up questions i think um and yes yeah, Allah, you know it was, it was interesting he was trying to like toe the line of not completely criticizing zach while also admitting that it's not good enough you know, he kept saying it's not just on the quarterback, it's not just on the quarterback. Maybe there'll be other changes, but there's only one change you can make right now. They're, they don't really have, you know, reinforcements on the offensive line. Maybe if Max Mitchell's ready soon, you're not going to change the receivers. You're not going to change the tight ends. The running backs are who they are. The only one spot you can really change, that's quarterback. You could say it's not all on him, but a lot of it's on him. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild that we've gotten to this place. You know, they drafted a number two overall just a year ago. Just three weeks ago, Robert Sala was basically saying that he'd only get benched or not play for Mike White if uh, if he got hurt, and he's not gotten hurt. And it, it, that's only been like two games since that happened, I think, <laughs> on the schedule. So it, things move happen fast in Jets' world. Like you said, they're six and four. They just beat the Bills last, last game. Um, they'll probably beat the Bears on Sunday. Like this is a team that has a real good shot chance at making the playoffs if they just take care of business, <laughs> and they have a quarterback controversy in the middle of the year. So this says a lot about where they are right now, what's going to happen in 2023. Like there's just so many different ways to think about this. They still could play him technically on Sunday. I think Salah left the door open to that, but I and we'll get into this. But yeah, I, it's uh it's wild, you know, and they, they've they've hyped up all offseason that they have three starting quarterbacks and we're about to find out if those other guys are actually I mean, we know what Joe Flacco is obviously at this point, but if it's Mike White, we're about to find out if if what you saw in the Bengals game was Mike White or if what you saw in the I think it was the Bills game when he threw four interceptions last year is Mike White. You mean they have four starting quarterbacks? I think that's Touch, what you yeah, touche, to say. Touche, yeah. I mean, um, the real 
the real yeah if they wanted to win they would go to Strebler, but <laughs> um so I'm, I'm thinking back to post game and robert salas comments right after the game and he's you know supported zach at that point that was before zach spoke now his he speaks again on monday and the tune is different now that might just be because after the game he's definitely making sure he's cautious he wants to talk to other people before making such a decision or zach wilson's post-game talk and not taking any responsibility for the way the game went is actually affecting robert salah's decision here and is affecting the direction the team may go because maybe the locker room is feeling that way too what what do you think because i mean it's fair to say that right after the game you're rarely going to get a head coach saying anything about like benching the quarterback. And the next day he's rewatched the film and and all of that. But in this particular instance, Salah spoke before Wilson. Wilson said things that made a lot of headlines that we'll get into that as well. And then the tune changes. I just, I just wonder in your opinion, like was that any part of this or is this just based on how badly Zach played Sunday? So, I don't think necessarily the comments are a factor, but I think how the locker room felt about the comments probably are a factor. Cause I, I, I heard from multiple people and I heard from other people outside the locker room that heard as well um, that there were guys, especially on the defense that were not happy with what Zach said or what he didn't say. Um, you know, you saw again, this is, and this is even worse than after the last Patriots game where everybody criticized him and we came on here and talked like listed all of them. I, I think there's been too many notable people to list that have criticized Zach, not only for how he's played, because he's played poorly, and he was, the again, a large reason why they lost. That offense was absolutely terrible. Two total yards in the second half, which seems impossible. But the the lack of accountability is a thing that, especially former NFL players like Richard Sherman, um, uh, Dan Orlovsky, I saw uh, Damian Woody, uh, former Jet. Uh, like there's, All these guys have come out and said, like the lack of accountability is jarring, especially for... You know, it's not even that hard. It's not a hard thing to go up on the podium and say, I put this on me. I'm a leader. I'm a captain. Um, the offense didn't play well enough. Put it on me. Instead, not only did Zach say no, but, you know, there was a line he had about it being windy. You have to remember that it's windy. Well, Mac Jones completed almost every one of his passes in the wind. Um, you know, he, I would just say, too, when he said the windy comment, the way he phrased it and ended it with, like, guys, guys yeah. it almost felt condescending. Yeah. which I guess is his feelings towards the reporters at this point. It goes right with his comment that if you're not in the building, nobody knows know what, what they're talking, talking about. Right. Yeah. And, and Sala even admitted yesterday. He's like, could he be better with you guys? Like, could he, you know, take into account like what he says spreads and what, you know, everybody sees what he says. And um, he's the quarterback face of the team. Like he, he could certainly be better in those areas. And I think that's being kind. I think Zach has not handled that well. I think, you know, he was at BYU and he in Utah. He was a big deal over there, but I think it was a very positive media coverage over there of him. He came to New York and he's been criticized pretty consistently. Uh, I don't think he really has known how to handle that. I don't think he's really had experience handling that. He, he's young, uh, so you understand that to a degree. But I don't know. The, you, you can't really go up there and and act like you're entitled to only positive coverage. Like when you're playing badly, you're going to get called out for it, especially in this market. Uh, and the things you say and the thing, this is the thing that he hasn't really figured out yet, or, may, or maybe he has now is that it's what you say is going to be read and seen by your teammates. And whether, whether you, you are cool with them, when you go behind closed doors, this is public. This is all, everybody's texting those guys. Everybody's like, did you really say this? Like, do, <laughs> like, and for the defense to put on the, 
put on the show that they did, and they put on a show. They only gave up three points. They the D line was dominant. The cornerbacks didn't give anything up. You had Carl Lawson taking more accountability yesterday, where he's like, "Yeah, well, we gave up three points. So if we don't give up three points, we win." Uh, you have Justin right. Hardy in the locker room, the special teams captain. Um, they they obviously gave up a punt return touchdown at the end. You could argue whether there was penalties there or whatever, but um, Justin Hardy was not a reason why that play happened. Like he was on the field, uh, but he was like being triple teamed or whatever. He after the game, he's like, "Put it on me. I, I'm I'm supposed to be the main leader. Uh, put put this on me." Like those are the, those are the not hard words to say, whether you believe them or not. Almost doesn't matter. You're a leader. You go out and say that. Um, it sounds like he didn't go and talk to the guys after to explain his comments. I think that's kind of what Quinton Williams said, and he said he didn't need to. And I think Quinton Williams is a good leader in that way. And he none of these guys were like trashing Zach at the podium. Um, but I think behind closed doors. People were really taken aback by that and the fact that he, in general, hasn't really taken responsibility. This, this was the same thing that happened a couple weeks ago. Connor asked that question, too, actually, where he – I forget what the phrasing was. I think it was like some, something like, do you feel like uh, this loss is on your shoulders or something like that? And he said no. Um, short answer. He very easily could elaborate if he wanted to. He didn't. Uh, he had the line about – as we said, he's putting a target on his back when he says, I know more than everybody Basically is what he said. He said, nobody outside the building knows what they're talking about. Well, people inside the building aren't very happy with you either now. So um, <laughs> he, I, a lot of, a lot of this has been self-inflicted wounds for him. I do wonder if we're sitting here right now, having this conversation, if not for that press conference that blew up and, you know, maybe the locks room starts to fracture like he, but at the same time, his play also hasn't been good enough. And I wrote about this a little in my story that came out today. <laughs> He's like really been a victim of the Jets' success because I think the plan coming into the season was you let him go through his lumps, you improve from last year, uh, and you put yourself in position to compete for the playoffs next year. Instead, they have one of the five to ten best defenses in the NFL. They go into the bye with a six and three record. They're in position to not only compete for the playoffs but for the AFC East. So you need a quarterback that can run the offense and not make mistakes. They can't afford him to work through his his growing pains anymore. And so he's not really in a position where, you know, he's clearly a quarterback that needs development. He's not in the old days. He was, he's the type of guy that would have sat out for a year or two and then played. He played before he was ready. Uh, the Jets thought they could play him before he was ready. And then when they were good enough to be competitive, he'd be ready for that, but he's not ready for that. So, and this team wants to win right now. This team has not been a winner in a long time as everybody knows. So it's uh, put the Jets in an interesting spot. And now you have to wonder if the, if the quarterback for next year is even on the roster right now and, the fact that they've decided this quickly that Zach Wilson maybe isn't the guy is is unfortunate. And you know, I've seen a lot of seen a lot of criticism about the Jets drafting him in the first place. I, I don't necessarily have a problem. I think a lot of people had Zach Wilson as the second best quarterback that year. They were gonna draft a quarterback. You can look in that draft. There's a lot of like star level guys in that top ten. Uh Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertan, JC Horn's really good, Devontae Smith. Like there's a lot of Micah Parsons right outside the top ten. Obviously, you could look at those and be like, we could have a star right now. But they were they needed a quarterback. They did not believe in Sam Darnold, clearly. Um, so they went with a guy they thought was going to be the guy, and uh, it just hasn't turned out to be that so far. Maybe I'm not, I'm not ready to say it's over for him. Uh, maybe this is the thing that spurs him along. Who knows? But um, his attitude is a problem, and his inability to process things during games is a bigger problem. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You can also you you can't really say they took the wrong quarterback either, considering how the quarterbacks from that draft have played. Although Justin Fields has been electric, although yeah. the, the the passing game is still a struggle. But it, maybe you know Zach Wilson may be really lucky this week that Justin Fields may not play in this game because say Zach doesn't. Justin Fields does and looks really good. Then uh, there's another one, right? Where, yeah. okay, that's the guy we, we could have had. Yeah. You know, Mac Jones has been whatever. I don't, I don't think Mac Jones is exciting anybody, right, in New England right now. So it is what it is. But um, you currently have a poll up on Twitter. There's still time, and, and it's actually changing as we speak. Um, and the Zach Wilson fans, there are some on Twitter somewhere. That they don't speak up much, but they vote apparently. Yeah. Uh, right now, Zach Wilson, thirty-one point four percent. Zach's Twitter poll of who should start for the Jets on Sunday. Actually, Mike White leads thirty-one point seven. Wilson second, thirty-one point four, and that's been slowly going up. Uh, Strevler is third, twenty-five point four. That's <laughs> the right answer. Yes. And then can't wait, <laughs> listeners, helping out. Yeah. And then eleven point four percent. Uh, going with Flacco. So that's where uh, Twitter sits. With like 8,000 votes too. So it's not like it's like a small sample size either. I I was surprised by the the Zach Wilson stuff uh, in terms of that. But like I I see the, I see why we'd want it. Cause like for the future of the organization, like Zach Wilson's the only one who, you know, has the ability to be this team's future quarterback. Seen some comments uh, bringing up like Michael LaFleur. I I think it is fair that to criticize him for that game. I don't think he called a particularly great game. I think there's some very questionable play, play calls. I heard from some people, um, I mean, Garrett Wilson pretty much expressed his frustration with how the game was being called. Uh, and Sala was okay with Garrett's comments. By the way, Garrett being like the voice of reason is kind of says of everything about this rookie class. It's like Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, like whatever they say, everybody listens to because he Garrett Wilson was passionately like this, this shit can't happen that, you know, we're, we're walking around all sorry. Like he, he was like going on and on and on. You could ask him anything. He was responding like it was wild, but yeah, LaFleur, you know, they, um earmuffs marissa you know they had a, a they had uh the the play that they ran to ty johnson the, the wheel route in the fourth quarter i'm not sure and there was like a third down play where they handed it off to ty johnson like I, there were some things that i think frustrate i think michael four himself would say he was probably not at his best on sunday like i think that's definitely fair and you could also point out the offensive line issues and there was no running game but zach wilson is the number two overall pick at a certain point he has to overcome the things that are falling around behind him and you still have Garrett Wilson, you still have these weapons. Um, you can't have 103 total yards or whatever it was. So um, you're not going to, you're not going to fire the floor. You're not going to strip them of play calling, but what you are going to do is you, you have to hold a guy accountable for being a reason why they lose. And 
Uh, I think Robert Sala, whether he benches him or not, the fact that he's putting it out there that he might is the right decision. I mean, Garrett, you think of Garrett Wilson and, you know, his, his college career, how many games did Garrett Wilson lose in three games at Ohio in three years at Ohio state, like four, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's basically maybe three or four. I, I don't know, but he's basically lost the same amount of games in half of his rookie season in the NFL as he did in three years of college. I mean, that, that happens for a lot of guys that are coming from these big time college programs, but you know, he's obviously frustrated. Um, and he probably looks at Justin Fields and says, that's my guy too. Um, all right. If Zach Wilson is indeed benched and maybe even if he isn't, how does he handle this week mentally? I mean, you know, do you, do you think I'm afraid to say he would pout about this and become, you know, ornery, but like, maybe it is the, the other option obviously is put your head down, work hard, you know, use it as motivation and realize that you have said the wrong things. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of sad that it's even gotten to this point, but like, I, I don't, my impression is that he wasn't initially even like feeling responsible for what happened in that game or what he said, like in the immediate aftermath, you know, you see him, we saw him in the locker room a little bit. I didn't hear what he was saying, but you, you could see him kind of loudly talking to Mike White of all people who might replace him. now. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh it's going to be a real test of his character and, and his metal. And, and if he wants to be a, you know, a starting quarterback in the NFL, how he handles this, how he responds. Um, you know, if I, if I wouldn't expect him to handle it particularly well. I mean, this is a guy who didn't really think it was his fault that they lost both these Patriots games. Um, so is he going to say, okay, it's my fault that they're benching me or is he going to like blame the world? Like that, it's a question you have to want. You have, you have to wonder what people close to him are saying to him, what are, what are their inner ear? If they're telling him whether, you know, you don't deserve this and all that stuff, like, or is he going to take this as a, okay, I need to prove to everybody again that I deserve this, position i deserve to be the quarterback and they're, they're wrong for benching me um you hope that he does that and if he does that then maybe this is a jumping off point for his career it's a real crossroads moment for him uh i don't know how he's gonna handle it i i don't he doesn't interact with us much outside of the podium so i don't really know what he's like behind closed doors i don't know if he has a lot of friends in the locker room i honestly don't um so we're i think we're really gonna find out whether he like like i said whether he's benched or whether he's not and he has it looming over him that if I make any mistake, they're going to bench me. Like, does that push him to play better? Or is that have him more frantic again? And, and uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, this is going to be very interesting. I, I imagine we'll talk to him later this week. If he's benched, I don't know if we'll talk to him again for a while. Uh, Cause I don't know if he'll be, he wasn't very willing to talk to us anyway. So um, I think the right, the smart thing without knowing that they might bench him. I think the smart thing for him would have been to talk to us yesterday, honestly, uh, address those comments get out in front of all of this. Instead, this is going to keep going. Whether he's benched or not, those comments are going to linger. Uh, his teammates are going to be asked about it. Like, it's going to be a thing all week. So I, I would hope they make him available tomorrow. Uh, although I don't know if Salah is going to make the announcement of who's going to play. But yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he's a supportive teammate. You know, when he was injured, he was. Uh, but when, when he's losing his job, is he going to be on the sidelines supporting Joe Flacco or Mike White or both? I know for a fact, very well liked in the locker room. I don't know if that Zach Wilson's disliked in the locker room, but I, I don't know that he's as passionately loved as like those guys are always in there playing. They're playing bags with uh or cornhole with, with teammates all the time. Like the, these, are, these guys have a lot of friends in the locker room. I, you saw last year, Mike white, like just galvanized his whole, this whole team in that, in that game he had. And I've seen a lot of photos and clips of him, like dancing with his 
teammates after that win and stuff like that. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how everybody responds to this, how whether they rally around Zach Wilson or they rally around the guy who replaces him. The other thing that's going to be interesting, this is a home game and this Jets team six and four. So it's not a home game where the stadium's going to be half full. I mean, the, there's going to be a big crowd at this game yeah, to see and this the, team. The, and the Boobers have been ready in full force for Zach as well. Yeah. Like, and, and my feeling is like, honestly, he drops back for the first time and throws an incomplete pass. Boo. They're going to be booing, right? I mean, they're not going to even wait for a three and out. It's going to be. I mean, he might, the, if, he, if they probably wouldn't do offensive players introductions, but he might be booed if they did. And they called number two, Zach Wilson, like, especially after like the way, you know, for a while, the fan, like, we even said this earlier, the fan base was often split of guys who were people, fans who are like, he's not the guy, bench him. And, and people who are like, you guys are being too harsh. Give him time. It's kind of gone more towards he's not the guy to to a degree that, I mean, the poll says maybe not as much as I thought, I guess. But um, I, I think the fan base has, for the most part, turned on Zach. Uh, they want to, uh, everybody wants him to succeed. I think that's the interpretation, even the media. Not, I wouldn't say we want him to succeed, but we, it's better for us. If he, if he, if he was good, that'd be way better for us. Right. Like as media, like as the storylines like, are better. Yeah. Yeah. And they're competing against every team. They're not getting killed by the page or not killed, but it feels like they got killed by the Patriots every time. Cause they're so heart wrenching. Um, so yeah, it's, I would uh, even just say like, you want to watch good football, right? That's yeah, enough. Exactly. Just like as a media, you want to go to a football yeah. game and, the fans, and watch the fans too. Football. Like the fans, it's not like they don't want Zach Wilson to succeed. Like the fans that are anti Zach Wilson or whatever, they want a quarterback to succeed. And if it's not him, then they want to go to the next guy. And I, I get, you know, there's a big enough sample size now, seven games or however many you started, uh, that there's a big enough sample size that you could say, okay, like he has not developed in the way that we thought he would. Uh, earlier in the season, maybe it was too too quick, too harsh or whatever. But now um, you have 20 games under his belt where he kind of looks like the same player now that he did a year ago. I mean, he has the same exact completion percentage as a year ago, like 55%. Um, and every, but just about every metric, he's been one of, if not the worst court, starting quarterbacks in the league this year. And you can't, like like we've said, you don't even need a star quarterback. You need average play. Even below average play would be okay, but not below below average play. So um, whether it's Flacco or White, and we could talk about that if you want. Like what, like which one? Because you know I'm I'm not even necessarily sure which one they're going to turn to. But um, you hope that 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 guy can run the offense. You saw Michael Flores more willing to throw the ball when Joe Flacco was there. They led the league in attempts in those three games. I know they were trailing in a lot of that, but when they've been trailing with Zach, it's not like they've been throwing it a lot. So. Um, it might open things up for Michael Floor too. I think he's had his best games when Zach Wilson was not in the game. All right, we're going to get into who the best option is if it's not Zach and a lot more, but I totally forgot to, to take a break earlier, so let's do it now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Assuming that they're not going to activate Chris Strebler and have him start, let's talk about which, option, <laughs> which option is better uh, between Mike effing white and, and Flacco. Um, we've seen Flacco this year. Well, first of all, let's go back to the summer, right? Because Flacco was the better quarterback over white this yes, summer. Pretty clearly. Um, and yeah. Flacco, we've seen on the field. Um, he slung it all over the field. The problem is the guy can't move anymore, right? So the offensive line is no better now than it was yeah. then. I mean, it, if in might be a worse probably, shape now, yeah, probably worse, right? And we just don't realize it fully because while Zach has played poorly, the one thing he is able to do is escape a rush. Um, so I feel like Mike White's the answer, and it feels like the team made that decision a few weeks ago when they switched the backup role. But there's always that temptation to go with the veteran, right? So what what do you think, Zach? Which direction do they go if if it's not Zach? I know I, I keep going back and forth. It's very interesting because so when they did that weird bump up Mike White to number two thing a few weeks ago, Salah made it seem like it was mainly to get him reps on game day as like the number two. Uh, you know, if Zach Wilson got hurt, it would it's our, a chance for us to get a good look at Mike White to see what we have in him. Like the way he was phrasing it, like I didn't I wasn't necessarily convinced that it was necessarily Mike White for sure if they were going to move away from Zach. So. And the way he wasn't willing to say it's Mike White yesterday, uh, I know it was immediate after he made the announcements. So maybe he was, just wasn't ready to say anything and he wants to keep uh, the Bears guessing or whatever. But I don't know. There's there's a part of me in my gut that says it's Joe Flacco, but I think I would, at least for this Bears game, because if you're, if you're going to test out Mike White against anybody, I think the Bears are probably the best team on the schedule for that because they don't have a good defense. They this is a game that the de- the Jets defense should be able to dominate a rough offense, especially if field isn't there. So Mike White, he's more mobile than Flacco, but certainly less than than Zach. The, the reason why you would like Mike White is in theory, he should be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And I think that's a big thing that Zach Wilson was good when he was doing that. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I would go with Mike White this week. Uh, and at this point, it might even be week to week. You want to commit to somebody, but if Mike White goes out there and he is not good, then – Joe Flacco, like, you know what you're getting with Joe Flacco. That's the appeal of Joe. Like, he can run the offense. He's going to get sacked a lot. Like, you have to accept that. He can get the ball out of his hands quickly. He He's willing to go beyond the first read. Um, and so it's going to be an interesting balance because we're going to really find out, like, if they actually are as high on Mike White as they say they are. I think there's a lower floor for Mike White than Joe Flacco is the risk that, you know, he goes out there and, you know, he threw four interceptions against the Bills. Um, I don't think he looks particularly good in training camp, but that's training camp. So I don't know. Take out the grain of salt, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a interesting thing. I, I am, I'm more, more intrigued by Mike White. Certainly he's young. You know, he had that game against the Bengals. Uh, it seems like Michael Ford is more willing to call different plays with him than Zach. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, if I'm making a prediction right now and we say they're benching Zach, I'd say probably Mike White on Sunday, but like, there's a part of me that thinks it might be Joe. So the one thing that I was, you know, thinking about as far as Zach goes, and if you send Zach out there, now it's tough because it almost feels like you, if you're going to Zach bench Zach, it has to be now, right? Because you've kind of set the wheels in motion. You can't now start him. He struggles again, and then you bet. Well, I guess you can, but it's just it gets messier at that point. That said, 
there's been so much talk about, oh, Zach going up against this great defense and then this great defense and then this great defense. Well, you know what? They're playing the Bears on Sunday. It's not a great defense. Part of me would just like to see Zach Wilson against a bad defense. home game against a not good defense Air and let's out, see what dude. he does. Yeah. And if he struggles in that one, well, there you go. The problem is because of, I think, what you've said about the locker room, you almost have to make the call now. You can't you can't give him that one more game against the bad defense to see if he's any better. I that's how I always thought it was gonna go, the what you just said. I even after the first Patriots loss, I think I was asked that either on here or somewhere else. Um, like if they're gonna bench him, when would it be? I I thought, okay, if he struggles against you know, you expect him to struggle against the Bills, he wound up like being okay against the Bills. And then if he's bad against the Patriots, then you start thinking about it. And then if he's bad against the Bears of all teams, then you bench him. Now they're thinking about benching him before the Bears game. And if they played him, then the possibility that they yank him and he plays bad again, like that, that looms as well. So it's uh Robert Sala has a lot to think about him over these next couple of days or that he's since yesterday, when they watch that film, they're not going to be very happy with what they see. A lot of the clips have been circulating online. I, when I'm watching the game, sometimes you don't even realize how bad some of these plays and these throws are like, I, I don't even think I noticed the Braxton Barrios one in the moment. That was brutal. It just sailed it over his head. And there was a bunch of plays where guys were open downfield. And that last, the, the third and one on the last drive before the punt, um, like everybody was going to focus on the punt return touchdown. But like that was just a bad decision. He threw it to Michael Carter behind the line of scrimmage on a third down where they needed to go up the field and, or at the least waste some time. I think Elijah Moore was open in the middle of the field. He just did not see him. Uh, he said the play was supposed to be for Tyler Conklin, but Conklin was double teamed. And he said he went through his progressions, but I don't think he actually did. And, and what happened, happened. And so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Robert Sala has a lot to consider here. Um, and they, they know better than anybody how Mike White has looked in practice. I think if he doesn't start, then that probably is a good assumption that maybe he hasn't looked great in practice. I don't know. They'll probably give, if they're thinking about Ben, if they decide tomorrow, then whoever is the starter is going to have all the first team reps. If they don't decide tomorrow, you're going to see probably a split between all three guys, two of the guys, which, I don't think is ideal necessarily going into a game. You want the guy who's going to start to get all the reps, but yeah, it's uh there's a lot to consider this week. And by the time we talk again on Friday, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see like what the conversation is. Cause there's so many different ways that can go uh, between the three quarterbacks, whether they're, you know, whether they're committed to staying with whoever they start on Sunday for four quarters. Like if they start Mike white or Zach Wilson, is he the starter after halftime? If he's playing poorly, like, there's just so many things to consider and I don't really know what they're going to do about it. You mentioned all the videos circulating that one. The third and one is a big one because you can see Elijah Moore dragging across the middle and he's pretty open. And the other one is the Garrett Wilson. And I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know the playbook, but to me, the Garrett Wilson one stands out because uh, he's running the post route. Right. And he's clear that he's going to be open right when Zach gets to plant his back foot, basically like in rhythm. Okay. There's Garrett. It's going to be a touchdown uh, and he doesn't go to him. And it feels like that was the first option on that play. So it wasn't even about not going through, but again, I don't know. Like, but <laughs> you also, know better I think than that's me. one, I think Obviously that's one Michael of LaFleur knows, yeah. but I think that's one of the throws where it's clear that Zach is playing with fear though. Like he looks down the yeah. field. He's like, uh, no, I'm going to go over here. Uh, right. Yeah. It, it's just so obvious to me when you watch him that he's playing like scared. And I think they call plays scared, which is a bad combination. I, I, I think the play calling to me, it's been so obvious that they're just trying to avoid any mistakes for Zach. And 
to a certain point, you almost would prefer they try to let him make mistakes in in a way, let him air it out, throw it down the field, especially when the running game is not working. Uh, I know the wind was there, but again, like Mac Jones was completing the passes, and there's there was times where they were face, not facing the direction of the wind they were going, or not facing the opposite direction of the wind, kind of thing. So, I don't know. I I don't really know. I, it's hard to blame Lafleur for being conservative because they just don't clearly don't trust Zach. But if you don't trust him, then he can't be your quarterback anymore, especially if you like those other guys like everybody keeps saying they do. Yeah, uh, they wouldn't be the first good team to bench a starting quarterback and the results are mixed. You had this in your story uh, that's out today on the athletic, by the way, you can join the athletic for $1 a month for 12 months, the whole year for $12 total. That's the best deal you'll get. Uh, go to the athletic.com slash can't wait. Um, anyway, those teams that you mentioned uh, the 2000 Ravens famously plugging in Trent Dilfer for Tony Banks and going on to win the Super Bowl. Some similarities between that team and this team. That team was obviously led by the defense. Yeah. That defense was the number one defense in the NFL. Ray maybe, Lewis, of course. Maybe ever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little different, but it was a defense. The same idea. Yeah. Led team. Yeah. That and Trent Dilford didn't have to do much. He had to hand the ball off. He's like the most uh, he famous. Every, he's the reference. Everybody reference point. Everybody always makes when you're like, you need a game manager like Trent Dilford. You know, right. You just, the, well, just, the other game manager, right, is the Ravens other Super Bowl. With Joe Flacco, which there is, you go. I guess he threw deep that that team threw deep, but otherwise, yeah, um, you know, the defense was was what did it. And so that's the that's the dream is uh, you yeah, replace yeah. the quarterback and the defense leads you to a Super Bowl. Uh, the 2017 Bills didn't go that way. <laughs> Nathan Petterman stepped in for Tyrod Taylor and threw five interceptions, and then they went right back to Taylor, and that team didn't end up being very good. Um, the, the most insane one what was also my story. It wasn't in the tweet. Because uh, so, I, I asked some of our athletic writers if they remembered anything. In 1999, uh, I think it was, the Bills, uh, Doug Flutie was their Flutie. quarterback. Yep. And the, the week before, the last week of the season, they benched him for Rob Johnson, uh, and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs. And it, I think later Wade Phillips said that it was like the owner that pushed him to do that kind of thing. That's insane to do that right before the playoffs is absolutely wild. The Jets are doing week 11, which is later than the Ravens did it. It's later than the Bills did it with Tyrod. Uh, but yeah, it, the, the Ravens one is an interesting parallel. And because that was a running team too, they had Jamal Lewis. Uh, they don't have the Jets, certainly don't have an historic defense, historic in terms of maybe the Jets, uh, but not like an all time defense in the NFL history. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, this is going to be something we look back on and. This is either going to be the thing that you know spurs them to run an impressive run. Like this is a team that defense that's good enough to like the Jets can win a playoff game, which I don't think any of us would have said before the season. The Jets can win a playoff game because of this defense, uh, and so the key is getting there. And it's not going to be easy. The AFC is pretty loaded. They're they're right in the thick of it. They're out of the playoffs right now technically because the Bengals have a tiebreaker from the loss early in the year when Flacco started, and he was pretty bad in that game. Um, you know, they're competing with everybody in the AFC East. They don't have an advantage over the Patriots anymore, and I don't think the Patriots are going to win the division. So you're going to be competing with either the Bills or the Dolphins, who are both in good shape. They play the Dolphins once more. They play the Bills once more. Those are going to be huge, huge games. Uh, and you have the Bengals, and I think there's one other team that's, like, in the thick of the playoff race, like, for the wild card uh, that I'm blanking on. But, yeah, it's uh, this is going to be a, uh, this is going to be something we talk about for a long time, uh, either good or bad. Yeah, and the one 
I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but but Robert Sala has been put in a tough spot here too. Here's a guy who's clearly, I I think it's clear that he's a great leader um, in that locker room. He's he's got this team uh, believing in what he's doing, um, and after a few slip ups at the podium early in the year, has been saying has been hitting all the right notes throughout this season, um, and now he's at a spot where he's. He's got to make the right move for this team, not for his young quarterback. Um, it's just tough. Like, I, mean, if, I think no matter have, what he decides, he's built up a, enough with this team that like yeah, the yeah, team yeah, believes yeah. in Robert Sala and they know this is an impossible decision probably. Um, but it's still a, it's a tough one for him. And I was thinking, I was thinking about this uh, earlier this week. Obviously they prefer Zach Wilson was good, but it's almost if if they don't believe in him, then it's almost like a best case scenario that it's been this bad because they have enough wins to where Salah and Joe Douglas are safe and they can yeah. say to Woody Johnson, like, look, we clearly just need a quarterback. So let us go get a quarterback. And they'll be like, all right, go get the quarterback. And and then if they whether it's Jimmy G or Derek Carr or whoever it is they go out and get in the offseason, they could be like, All right, this was the missing piece. Uh so they have that they can hang that over the head, especially because this team's good enough, clearly. And that's what everybody's saying. And I know Woody Johnson uh, he, he reads and listens to a lot of stuff about the team, and I'm sure he was frustrated with a lot of the. They, I, he doesn't like the Jets being made a mockery, I would say, and they were getting mocked all week. Uh, so, yeah, I'm gonna. It's uh, it's. I don't know. I I think it's not a good thing. Obviously, that the quarterback's not good enough, but for in terms of them, they could they could use that for sure. The good thing is that the Jets are six and four and we're complaining <laughs> about things. I mean, to be perfectly honest, if you had coming into the year, you know, set this up as the situation through 10 games, all right, they're six and four, but Zach Wilson's been bad. I feel like people are like, sure, sign, sign me up for that. We'll figure although, out the quarterback. Although, if you, if you remove the record, you could have predicted we'd be talking about their quarterback problem in week 11, though. <laughs> Very good point. Yes. I think we maybe we all underestimated the rest of this roster, which is yeah. why Joe Douglas can get away with drafting Zach Wilson number two because. He's certainly done a great job overall other than the 2020 loss class. But all right. What am I, uh, I expected to get into the defense a little more, but I feel like we've just kind of gone with, with this one storyline, which is, <laughs> which has been enough for this podcast. Anything we're missing here, Zach? Uh, so I, Max Mitchell, I think he's going to practice this week. I'm curious to see if he's activated. Uh, Solid didn't mention George Fant, which makes me think, I don't know if that guy's going to play this year. Uh, I have seen him in the locker room, so maybe I'm wrong. But uh, Corey Davis, they still say he's day-to-day, I believe. They really could use him back. He's he's a big part of the run running game. Uh, Nate Herbig didn't play that last game, which was a surprise because they, they kept talking like he was going to. Then I think on game day, his shin hurt. And they started Dan Feeney, and I don't think the offensive line played amazing. I don't think they played poorly necessarily, but Herbig's a big part of the running game. So they are a little banged up. Hopefully they can get Corey Davis back this week. Hopefully they can get Max Mitchell back soon. Hopefully Nate Herbig can play. If all those guys are healthy, they should pretty handily beat the Bears, uh, which we'll talk about later in the week, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, the only thing that, you know, it's funny. I was originally going to be writing something about Quinn Williams and his, like, chance at defensive player of the year this week. And then my editor was like, "We nobody's going to read that this week. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, because I think Quinn, he had another sack. He has a career high in sacks, yeah. by the way. Just like he the hit the point. over in our over unders. And also, we haven't talked about Sauce Gardner. Like that's how you know this is all about Zach Wilson. Like this is the first post game podcast we haven't talked about Sauce. Uh, 
the defense is good. We've said that a lot. And Quentin Williams and Sauce are two of the biggest reasons. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But the quarterback, it's going to be all quarterback. I'm sure our podcast on Friday will be all quarterback, too. So, hopefully we know who they're starting by then and we don't have to, like, speculate still. We'll talk about both teams and who's starting a quarterback. Update on the poll before we say goodbye. Zach Wilson has taken the lead. 32.1%. Mike White, 31.7%. Uh, Joe Flacco, 11.6. Chris Streveler, 24.7. I feel like Joe Flacco is the only one whose number is going down there. Everybody else wow. is. Yeah, Zach's leading now. That's crazy. Yeah. So wow. quietly. I don't, I don't. I mean, maybe if we looked closer, word is spreading in, you know, in Utah. And yeah, I was say maybe Utah has, uh, has jumped on the pole. <laughs> we, we need um, we need like the big board. To break down the votes state yeah, by state, yeah, yeah. you know, all that. Yeah, like what's Cor- that guy's Steve- name on uh Kornacki? Yeah, Kornacki. Yeah, we need a Kornacki. Yeah, get him out here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh all right. Like Zach has mentioned, we will be back with you on Friday to get you ready for the Bears game. Uh before then, hopefully you have a great hopefully you get a break this week. Um, Thanksgiving obviously coming up on Thursday. Uh enjoy the turkey or whatever other foods you enjoy, and we will uh come back at you on friday i can't remember what time but sometime on friday again join the athletic one dollar a month for 12 months theathletic.com slash can't wait that deal is this week only so gotta jump on that soon and we will talk to everybody on friday Thanks.